Hello and welcome to episode two of Life in General. My name is Nick. I'm Ian. And uh, before we get into it, I want to thank everyone who listened to the first episode, uh, downloaded it, gave us some good positive feedback on it. We really do appreciate everyone following us. You can uh, email us any questions or comments to lifeingeneralmi at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at lifeingeneralmi. You can also follow us on Facebook at uh, Life in General Podcast. We're on iTunes, all that stuff, too. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, if you listen to the show, download it, uh, go ahead and hop on iTunes or whatever you're listening to it on and leave us a uh, leave us a comment, feedback, anything you feel like uh, we should know about the show. We're not perfect, but we try to we try to. We do our best. Yeah, sometimes. Um, so with the inauguration and everything, I figured it would probably be a, a good it's, topic. It's to, a topic on everyone's <laughs> mind, I would think. Uh, did you actually watch it? No. No, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I uh, I really wanted to. I really did. I've I've caught bits and pieces, snippets. I forced myself to watch it last night, yeah. but uh, you know it wasn't too bad. I it wasn't as bad as I think people made it out to be. You know, you said it wasn't all roses and everyone sing kumbaya like it was with Obama, but uh, you know, I don't know. It sounded like a lot of his other speeches. Well, and that's, I think he's kind of a one-trick pony when it comes to speeches anyway, personally. I mean, he's never really deviated uh, styles, much less topics, but, yeah. you know, he does deviate from the truth quite a bit. You know, and that's why I think it's kind of interesting to see what they do from here. You right. know, what kind of policies are going to lay out? You know, I know that the, the first executive order he's already signed, um, basically telling the, other, the rest of the government that, they don't have to do anything with the Affordable Care Act that's going to harm anyone. So I think it's kind of laying the groundwork to... To repeal? To repeal. Repeal and replace or just repeal? Because I honestly don't think they have any any fucking clue what they want to replace it with. That's kind of the funny thing is, you know, over the last couple of weeks they've been talking about repealing it and replacing it. And that, you know, they want to have something to replace it with within six or eight months. But they've had six years I, that's, see, that's <laughs> to put something together. That's my point too. I keep telling people, I'm like, yeah, they 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 keep saying repeal and replace, but they've been saying that for six years and they still have no plan. No. And I get the feeling that they don't necessarily want a plan. I, I do. I mean, do they really? Do they really want a plan? And I I, I feel I hate saying they because then it becomes an us and them yeah, situation. Yeah, I don't want to but, be like that. But I think uh, I think one of the thoughts out there is that they want to best case scenario get rid of you know the affordable care act Mm -hmm. replace it with basically the exact same thing and call it trump care so it gets rid of any kind of legacy that obama has i think voting for trump does that by itself (laughs) doesn't it really it does Uh, trump care it's that sounds scary doesn't it but i mean even obamacare never sounded right but trump care that just Uh, or, or Romney Care, as they like to call it originally. Even Romney Care sounds better than Trump Care you know, to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. That just sounds terrible. It seems to me that uh, if that's the case, and they get away with it, which chances are they would if that were the case, it really, I mean, more than just voting for a reality TV star for president, I think that really signifies how utterly stupid the people of this country are. If they could really, well, if it works, if they... I don't think that'll really happen. I think they're gonna they're gonna repeal it. They're gonna put something in place that's gonna be not as good. You know, no, of course not. But it, there is precedent for what you're saying too. There's 
the Trump has taken credit for carrier keeping jobs here when those plans were in, in, in the works for months before he was even involved. Yeah. Ford, same thing. Same thing. And, uh, and he that, that was no, actually agreed on almost a year ago. Right. And he has has had no problems taking credit for that. So it it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to do what you just said. Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, the Affordable Care Act does need some work. Oh, of course, it, it needs does. a lot of work. And of course, um, it does. You know, it, it wasn't a perfect plan. No. But you think about it. You know, a lot of people talk about well, you know, the insurance companies are jacking up rates. Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about it, when they originally wrote the the bill, you know, the whole Medicaid expansion was supposed to fill in a lot of these gaps mm-hmm. and take a lot of the financial burden off of off of the insurance companies. Right. But a lot of states didn't take the expansion, which shifted more of a burden onto the insurance companies. So after a couple of years, they said, look, this isn't working for us. We need to do something. So they started raising rates. Right. To me, the alternative is a single-payer system, but that's just me. Well, yeah, I mean, I just don't think it'll, it'll ever happen here. Chances are it won't, but should, you know. We are still the only industrialized country that doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, I just don't see. I don't know. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think we Americans can't get behind that? We have we have no problem letting the government take care of our, our defense. We have no problem letting cities and states, lo, you know, local governments take care of our policing, protection, fire, schools even. Well, at least for right now. Uh, why is it we can't? As I mean, even Bernie has said it. This it's a fundamental right. Why can't we let go of that? Why can't we let the government handle that? I understand there's a distrust of the I, of the government as far as their I think it goes ability. beyond that. You know, I think, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. I think it goes back to race. I read something last week from Pew Research, and it said that starting with the 1968 election, no Democrat has won the White House with a majority of the white vote. None of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I think really because the race, the race relations in this com- country, people, the way people look at race, I think that's why Scandinavian, you know, progressivism will never work in this country. Right. Well, they don't have the race issues that we no, have, no. or any at all, really. No. I don't know. I just it seems it seems terrifyingly single-minded to me. Just what's that? That that we can't embrace systems i mean you, you hear the the, the criticism well be, think about it you know there is you know they play this fear game mm-hmm. in certain corners of this country of oh well you know they're going to take all your health care and they're going to give it to the to the black guy or the, they, the, the, the poor yeah oh the poor <laughs> yeah the air the, quotes the, in, yeah. in there <laughs> yeah, yeah they can't see your air quotes no no <laughs> but uh you know i think a lot of it goes back to race it wouldn't surprise me. Well, and this—that's one thing this election has shown—is that the uh, we. Well, I mean, any reasonable person knows this as a fact anyway. But we're definitely not in a post-racial America any at all. No, you know, having the first black president did not change anything. No. If anything, it may have even given some life back to the to the other side. Well, yeah, because they had something to—they had a boogeyman they could go after. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's it's it's. I have a hard time grasping that in the year 2017 that these are concepts that we, as Americans, who, you know, better or worse, have kind of paved the way for a lot of things in this world. And we can't embrace simple social equity. It's still a foreign concept to us. I don't understand that. I just think there's a lot of people out there that don't understand what other people go through. They don't have any interest. You know, you can look at polling and see that. When when do you think that... uh, 
that happened. I mean, we haven't always been a selfish people. I don't think. I mean, I don't know how people acted with each other 200 years ago, but you selfish, get this idea. Selfish in, in what way? And selfish in that sense, that, that inability to have uh, empathy for others. It seems to me like there was a time when we were better than that. We were, we did, we were able to see beyond our own ex- experiences and at least be courteous and kind to others. I think a lot of it changed in the 60s with everything that was going on. Yeah. The hippies. Fuck those hippies. <laughs> they did <laughs> no, it. No, it wasn't, it wasn't just that. You know, I look at, like, the the Voting Rights Act and things mm-hmm. like that, that that people could use as a wedge to separate people. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it should have done the exact opposite. And I think in many circles it did. You know, if, if, you, if you have a, a group of people who are separated by laws or lack of laws that give them the same basic rights that everyone else has. When you bring them into the fold, it should be legitimately bringing them into the fold. The Voting Voting Rights Act should have been something that brought people together. I know it didn't, especially in the South, primarily in the South. But I just don't under, again, it's it, that was that was 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Which really, if you think about it, it's not that long ago. No, but look at the, all the other accomplishments we we can make in short periods of time. Mm-hmm. As as Americans, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, throw out that American pride. We've done a lot of great things, and we've done it in very short amounts of time. Yeah, but we can't seem to let go of of hatreds and and, and selfishness that have excel- the things that have existed for two hundred years. It seems very simple to just let that shit go, and we can't. It's definitely easier said than done. Of course, but I don't understand why. I really don't. I don't. It, I don't know. I guess I'm... You're asking a big question. I'm asking a huge question. (laughs) Um, But, you know, back to Trump, you know, I don't see... I I agree with, you know, a lot of the stuff he says. Not all of it, obviously, but I agree with a lot of the stuff he says. But, uh, you know, I just wonder how he's going to... You know, I'd love to have jobs brought back. I'd love to have factory, you know, blue-collar work come back. These high-paying jobs that we've lost over the past 30 years due Mm -hmm. to Reaganomics. And NAFTA. Yeah, but I don't see how he's going to bring that back. No. You know, if he puts tariffs in place or or, or or does something like that, could start a trade war with China. Right. So. Well, it's not even a trade war. I mean, that that's obvious, obviously a, th- a concern. But he can't do anything to change those things without first attacking the things that caused that, specifically like NAFTA. And I saw a number the other day. It was I don't I don't remember where it was, but it's um and. Don't quote me on this, but I think it said about 400,000 jobs could be lost in this country if NAFTA were to be attacked, as he has said in the past he wouldn't want to go after NAFTA. So, and it's, again, it's kind of like the Affordable Care Act. It's like you can't, you can't change it. Well, I shouldn't say you change it. You can't put something new in place without getting rid of the old one, yeah. and there are consequences to getting rid of, of the old one. And are we, are we ready for those consequences? You're going to have to tear the system down or rebuild it, I guess. <sighs> We can't do that, though. The system—it's no. too—it's too ingrained in everything else. Mm-hmm. You just can't—you can't break it down first. You have to fix it slowly over time, which I've come to learn because I—I I, I never liked the Affordable Care Act. I didn't think—I think it benefited I liked the extremely it. poor, which was very good. Yeah, but it did nothing for the middle class. No, it did. In fact, it, it actually—I think—it hurt the middle class and even the lower middle class. I liked it as a gateway to single payer. If that's which what is, it was, because I, I, I don't think it could have been. I mean, there were mechanisms put in place that, after it was passed in what two thousand 
11? Nine. Nine. 2009. So it was after two or three years, states could opt out of the Affordable Care Act Mm -hmm. if they could put a similar uh, program in place to cover everyone. Which Um, most of the states that would opt out of it wouldn't want to do that anyway. But Vermont was really close to passing it, Mm -hmm. a single-payer system, um, which made it pretty far, but ended up dying for his voted on. Mm -hmm. There was another state, I think it was North Dakota, that was pretty close to passing one also, um, but nothing really came about. Doesn't San Francisco have a, an in-city health care plan? That's really? Pay? I believe they. I believe they do. Their taxes are huge, and it's yeah. mainly because it's such you know it's one city rather than a, a federal uh, government. Uh, March twenty third, two thousand ten. By the way, is the Affordable Care Act really um, signed into law? Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember. I, for some reason, two thousand nine. After I said it's oh yeah, too early, duh. it was after the after the, the mid yeah, yeah the mid- or during the mid during the midterms and um, all that yeah. Yeah, San Francisco, because it's a small environment, the taxes obviously are outrageous. But, it, you know, everyone in, in the city of San Francisco, I believe, has health care through the oh, state well, or through the city as a result. You know, it, it's only going to take one state. It's only going to take one state to figure out how to make it work. That's how it happened in Canada. You know, I think it was, I don't remember what province it was. But it started in one province. And over a number of years, you know, this it's spread around. It's spread across see, I, the rest that, of the country. See, I didn't. I never really looked into the history of, of Canadian healthcare. I know it's been attacked as as, as being single payer and having problems. I always every, just assumed because you know, see, that's the thing is every system is going to have problems. Of course, but I always assume Canada was single payer because it's still part of the British Empire. Yeah, and, the part, British, part of, and Britain has had you know they're part of the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth. Thank you. Um, and Britain's had universal health care since the end of the war, maybe even before, because yeah. that was all part of their austerity. I don't know when Canada passed theirs, though. Hmm. We'll have um, to look into that, too. I thought it was before that, though. I don't maybe, know why I was Oh, it, might, the, it may have very, very well been. Maybe, I don't know why I was I could be the, wrong on the on 30s Britain, or something like that, too. But I, I could be very wrong on, on when Britain established their... I thought, I thought they had it before the war, also. Right. Uh, well, we'll look it up as we're talking. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Trump. Anyway, <laughs> how do you how do you how do you feel about um, the response to his his inauguration? The the lower number turnout that, of course, according to him, didn't exist. Well, like I was talking before we started recording, <laughs> the press secretary, the, his first press conference was basically just arguing about the numbers. You know, they were trying to say that there's four hundred and forty some thousand people that were there and. And according to his speech, See, he said you know, tens of millions. Yeah, I know that. But we, so we were, you know, all the pictures they were showing during the inauguration and and on the news last night. It looks like there's a lot less people. Right. But the problem I have with <laughs> this goes back to my issues with the media in this country. But the problem I have is there's really no way to tell when they took those pictures. The pictures they well, that's keep, true. The, the pictures that's they true. keep showing of Obama's they're inauguration. The side by side pictures. They show yeah. them side by side. But the pictures of Obama's inauguration, you don't know if that was. During the the swearing in, right? The pictures of Trump's inauguration. You don't know if that was taken at ten o'clock in the morning. True. Really don't know. From all accounts, from the people that you know, the the crowds at the parade and stuff like that, it looks like there was a lot less people there. You know, I'm just I'm 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 always always leery at the numbers that the media. Right. Well, and you see when during the parade specifically, I did see clips of that, and um, it did seem that. There weren't a lot of people on the sidelines. Well, no, those the, who the, were, they the, were protesting. The stands right in front of the White House were, they looked like they were almost completely empty. Right. Oh, you're talking about that pic, that side-by-side picture? Or yeah. even after that? No, after that. Okay. Because yeah, dur- 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 they had the parade after mm-hmm. the, the inauguration. Right, right. 
Oh yeah, I just uh, the 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 one shot I saw was the motorcade going down, and I mean on either side, it's just the all all I saw was protesters, yeah. protest signs. I yeah. didn't even see that many of them, honestly. You know, but I understand. I understand the protesting. Yeah. You know, I understand people are as they're as not they're not, they're not happy with the, with the result. That's the problem. I that's the thing I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be out there burning cars. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I. I saw the the picture of the one burning car about yeah, right. seventeen different times, shot from different angles. Um, you know, it can't be. You know, it can't break windows. I don't think Starbucks had nothing to do with Trump's no. election. No, and it seems very strange that the liberals would be bash, ban, attacking a Starbucks. I mean, well, see, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing too. Is you know, I've I've been I've only been in one protest in my life, but mm-hmm. people that go to protests they don't go up, they don't show up with masks and bats and hammers so obviously those people were not there to protest no those no. people whatever their situation i don't know what they were doing there but they weren't there to pro- arguably to protest. they would have been there if it had been a clinton inauguration oh yeah just to just to start trouble when you get that many people in an area you're always going to have people that do stupid things but that being said i think the protesting isn't it's not just a good thing it's a necessary thing it may not accomplish what I mean, most people are going out there. They do not want a Trump presidency. They did not want a Trump presidency. They do not want a Trump presidency. That being said, we have a Trump presidency. Yeah. It is It is what it is. We need to do it. But the protesting has to continue. If we're not, if people are not out protesting, there's no, there's not going to be any checks and balances, at least for two years. Yeah. You know, regardless of where Trump and the Republican Party diverge on, on, on the issues, they're going to do their thing. He's going to do his thing. And no one's watching them. They're just going to do what they're going to do. So if the people are out there protesting in large numbers, at least there's there's accountability to it to a degree. If without it, I mean, we might as well just just say, you know, here's the keys to the kingdom. Do whatever you want. And I don't I think that's a terrifying concept. That's more terrifying than anything else. Yeah. You know, the other side of that is what does you know, what do what do the Democrats do? You know, how do they treat this? Do they do like what what the Republicans did when when they have to. when when you know on the night of Obama's inauguration? Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard of the yeah, the they, caucus room conspiracy. No, there was a, not. there was a group of Republican leadership that met in the caucus room, which is a restaurant or a bar there in D.C., and basically made this pact that they were going to fight everything. Even if it was... Well, they kind of pretty much said that openly. I know. And Newt Gingrich has admitted to all this. Right. Because he was one of the people that were there on that, that night. But it was basically, even if it was Republican ideas, and you know, Republican ideas for the past 20 years. They, well, and they, they, and were they made fight. good on that promise. Anything that, anything that he proposed, proposed they were going to fight. I don't think Dem- Democrats can do that. No. Because... No. But they should pick their battles wisely and, and attack where it's necessary. But they need to... They need to be able to find common ground, not necessarily not necessarily with the Republicans in Congress, but with Trump, and use you know some of the more progressive things that he's proposed, and use that to kind of wedge between him and the Republicans in Congress. I honestly don't think there's enough common ground there. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even cl- cl- consider a lot of what he says to be progressive. Well, perhaps well, maybe on, on the second. trade hold issues. On, hold on. So. But, He's not progressive on anything else. He, he's he's to the farthest right that you can think of when it comes to military expansion. Uh, That's not true. He made a comment. He's made a couple of comments over the over, during the campaign about putting the Pentagon in check and reducing what they spend. 
how can he say that and then in the same breath say that the military is is being has been depleted by the previous administration and we need to grow the military? He said that numerous times. He said that during the debates that the military had been basically crippled by mm-hmm. cuts. But, but he's but he's also talked about how the United States needs to stop being the police of the world. True. And focus more. Although, so if you're reducing, if you're reducing. You know your presence on, you know, outside of the country. You can, of course, you know, build your presence inside your country. Just as long as he doesn't Again, try to march down the street with, with grenade launches or anything. You can't. You really can't. I mean, it's. I don't believe that we still need fifty thousand troops in Japan or Germany. I don't believe we need that. That's the number, but that I don't think we need that. Those wars have been over for seventy years. Could we reduce those by? 80%. Yes. Because I understand the point of having them there yeah. is you, to, you have need str- to have it's strategic. It's strategic. But Strategery. we don't need 50,000. You yeah. know, And then 50,000 seems to be the magic number because that's how many people left, that's, troops were left over in Iraq. Yeah. You know, so they're still there. Maybe they need, still need to be there. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a um, strategist. I'm not, I've never been in the military. I'm not even very good at risk, the game. So I'm not even going to comment on that. But I honestly don't think we need those numbers, so I, I see that side of the coin. But he also is talking about expanding our nuclear program. That's farthest thing from a progressive idea. No, I didn't say they were. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Thirteen times during the campaign, he made a comment about how the Republicans were going to try to end Social Security and Medicare. But he wasn't, but he wasn't going to allow them. He was going to stop them from doing that. They can't end Social Security. People pay into that. But they can't if they privatize it. Well, you know, and, that's, and that's the whole thing. So... Find those areas like mm-hmm. that. You know, a week or so back, uh, you know, a week or two back, he made a comment in an interview that you know that the new that the new healthcare plan was going to cover everyone. What did he mean by that? Did he mean single payer? Single payer? I know some people were speculating about. So that. that's why I said you got to you've got to be able to find ground to work with them. If you can't work with them, then you end up being the, another do nothing Congress, and the mm-hmm. media is going to beat you over the head with it. And which again. I mean, you attack the media. Why is it that they that every time the liberal side stoops a little lower to the same level as the Republicans or the conservative, not all Republicans, but conservative side, they're demonized. But the conservatives were never demonized during that time. No one ever it's called all about them. Money. They never called them out. You can't have a plural yeah. a, a pluralist, pluralistic system that's uneven, and it's uneven. And then Trump is is kind of the embodiment of that. He got away with saying things that no other politician could ever say. And if he had been the Democratic nominee, there's no way he'd even have won based on that. He could have said exactly the same shit. He never would have won if he was fighting. The, if he's saying those things on side of uh, on the side of liberal philosophy, progressive philosophy. Yeah. There's no way. The second you conser- it becomes conservative, it almost gets a, a, a blank check to say and do whatever you want. And I, it, it goes back to money. You know, it's like I hear people talk all the time about the liberal media or the Republican media. There is no such thing as Republican and liberal media. No, it's, 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 a, it's a lie. If you hear people say that, you need to stop listening to them. Mm-hmm. It's all corporate and it all comes down to money. So, But you're saying the, the liberal side doesn't have the money? No. It, it, the, the corporate media is controlled by the conservatives. Is what, yes. is, okay, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So, you know, they. The the all these corporations, GE, whoever it is, you mm-hmm. know, that owns the networks, their money is with the Republican side of it, the big business side of it. Well, that I don't know. I it's I know I know what you're saying is true. It's just it. Uh, well, it's why 
That's why Keith Olbermann was fired from MSNBC. Same with, you know, Phil Donahue was fired from MSNBC because of their anti-war, you know, anti-big business mantra that they had. Mm-hmm. So where, do, where does Fox News then fit into all that? Because, I mean, Fox News has never hid the fact that it's a conservative network or that it's even run by a conservative, a heavy conservative. So how can there be opposing views if they're, if, if they're essentially they're being run by the same mentality? The, the views are extremely opposed. I mean, you watch, say, MSNBC, and then you watch Fox News. Mm-hmm. They could be reporting on the exact same thing, and it's from extremely two different perspectives. Because they know their audience. They know what's going to draw in the money. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, that goes to the whole um, profitization of, of the media. Yeah. But even beyond that, it, it, when you're talking about actual ideology, as it relates to the media, it seems, it seems funny to me that uh, a slightly more liberal network, such as MSNBC, which I don't think is as liberal as people think it is, but yeah, it, it's, no, still, it's, it's still, it's still, we'll say it's just to the shy of the center. Yeah. It's just to the left of the center. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, opposed to Fox News, which is maybe four or five steps to the right of the center. Yeah. If their if ends are the, 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 the ends are the same, how can the means be so different? It, 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 he's sitting here talking about this. It, it, I'm, I'm almost feeling like we, we see the, we see the negatives. We're not, we're not qualified to find solutions to any of this stuff. But it doesn't seem like anyone's qualified to find the solutions to this no. stuff because people have been trying to find it for forty years or longer. I guess you could even argue. I don't know. It's just uh, with with a Trump presidency, it's more so. It's not that I I think his ideas are bad. I don't I don't trust him. I don't trust his character. I don't trust that he's. I don't even know if he even has a plan beyond right now. He knows yeah. what he's doing right this minute. Beyond that, he has no idea. That 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 scares me. The fact that he has no no real opposition in the House or the Senate. Well, he does in the Senate. Not enough. They, they have no, the filibuster. Yeah. They have the filibuster. But again, how far can they take that without looking petty, as you were just pointing out a little while ago? So, I mean, ultimately, there's going to be a lot of things. He has no one really. There's no opposition. Well, see, and this is the thing. You know, when when Obama took office. You know, the Republicans didn't try to find any common ground on anything. There was nothing. Right. You know, they couldn't agree on anything. If they agreed with them, oh, well, here comes the Tea Party and we're going to put somebody else in your your place. Right. So I don't want to see that happening. So you don't want the the liberal side to have a Tea Party of their own? I do. I would love to have, you know, the marches, you know, all these women marches and everything. I would love to have that turn into, uh, you know, a, a Democratic Tea Party. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them, I don't want the Democrats to fight everything. If if Trump and the Republicans put out a plan that the Democrats have supported for 25 years... They should support They it. should support it. Has it occurred to you, though, that that knowing Trump as we do... Well, we last, don't. But no, based solely on, on the last, say, two years of Trump and how his he's run his campaign, we, there's, there's... Good possibility he's going to be a one-term president. You can't see that. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that as a certainty. I'm saying there's a possibility, and it's, well, there's always. It's, a I'd say it's better than fifty percent. I wouldn't even go that far. I would. I, I know, would. I, because and, and and the reason I say that is because it really right. depends on who the Democrats trot out there well, that's in four true years. Too. That's true. You know, I was not a big Hillary supporter. No, no. You know, yeah. she obviously had some really big issues mm-hmm. in. I think that's what ultimately led to Trump winning the election. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they put somebody else out there like her in four years, 
Well, or, or, God, or God forbid Barnett, she runs say, again. Say that. Oh God, no, no. I uh, I totally agree with what Bill Maher said last night. He thanks the Clintons for the thirty plus years of service, but he never wants to see them again. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, even that. Say say the Democrats do put out somebody decent, someone who who could stand a chance. And I think as long as they do that, I mean that's really the the main factor. Say they do that, there's a good chance they're going to do that. There's a good chance it's going to be a one term presidency. If you have too much common ground, look at his his polling numbers. He's the most unpopular person to ever be inaugurated. Yeah, I don't see those numbers going up. And say theoretically, they don't go up. Say see, they even yeah, go down. You can't how really many say how that, many though. Democrats can he take with him? And how many Democrats are not going to want to attach themselves to him? Even Republicans. I mean, Republicans have because don't you have even to have something to run on. You know, in two years, the Democrats have to be able to go out there and say, look. We understand these were tough times, you know, that this happened, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens, you know, with the ACA or whatever. But we were we, we were willing to work with them on these issues, and this is what we did. But they don't even it, have it, to. Because if, if the Democrats go out there in two years with nothing to show for, then, then you, arguably, know, you know what's going to happen. You, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is it almost seems to me like it would almost be better for them to do little to nothing. Not, not oppose, but just not connect themselves to it either i part part of me it's it's there's a secretly i want trump to fail i do i do see i'm I'm being very honest i want him to fail because i don't want i want if he fails we're all in trouble not necessarily it's going to be painful but i don't think we're all like doomed no 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 but the reason i want him to fail is i don't fails if he fails there are going to be people that are losing their homes losing their jobs you know, but see that this, it, that's potentially going to happen if he doesn't fail. It's the, theoretically, you're you're talking. Look at his tax plan. His tax plan. There's going to be people who make under thirty thousand dollars a year whose taxes are going to go up. Oh yeah, mine included. What My they, taxes are going to go what up. What they just did with with FHA loans yesterday, right? Are going to make you know my you know my mortgage was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And now, it's going to go up. Now it's now it's not going to. Right and. These are things that are that he hasn't even done anything, yeah. And these are already symptoms of his presidency. I just so think, I succeeding, just, we're doomed. Failing, we're doomed. No, I think you can have he can have a somewhat successful four year term and still not be reelected. True. It all depends on who the Democrats put out okay. there four years. Well, my point is, is to to saying that I secretly, not secretly, but deep down, I want him to fail. Is I don't want this to become the standard. I don't want his type of candidacy, his type of presidency, to be the standard. And I don't. And it will if he succeeds. It very well could be. We could be looking at President Snooky in in <laughs> twenty years. And it, it no, for no, whatever no, no. reason, if, if 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 he is a wildly successful president, I think you're going to see you know his sons take that. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it'll be it'll be the next political dynasty. Oh, you know if he is wildly successful. You know I want him. I want him, and I want the country to succeed. I want I the country to I mean, succeed. I, I do. I, I, I don't want him to fail. I want him to be a successful president. I just don't want him to win re-election. And I think but you can't have that. You can't have that. Why if he's successful, you? he's going to be re-elected. Jimmy Carter was a successful president. <laughs> he wasn't re-elected. In what? But see, that's the thing. I don't. I. I don't think Jimmy Carter was all that successful. He didn't do anything wrong, and he did some good things. But I mean, name name one thing. I, look how he handled the 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 um, 
the embassy issue. He handled it poorly. No. No, he didn't. Actually, Jimmy Carter had a plan in place to have an agreement mm-hmm. taken care of. You know, the the hostages were going to be going to be released, and then it was it was Reagan's people that went in and said, "No, hold on to after the election, okay. and then we'll take care of you with arms or whatever it was." Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he kind of got screwed over in the whole deal. That, that was is that, 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 that was, was his that, that was thing. yeah. That was, you know, the October surprise. Okay. No, Iran-Contra was something different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Depending on what the Democrats do over the next four years, it was really going to decide how the election goes. You know, obviously, if they go out there and just repeal the ACA and not really put something in place that's going to, you know, create coverage for those 20, 25 million people or whatever mm. it is are going to lose coverage. Right. Uh, I think the number is sixty thousand just in the state of Michigan. They're on the Medicaid Medicaid expansion. Right. That sounds about if right. If they if they repeal that and then don't do anything to help those people, pretty much whatever else they do, he does for the rest of his first term is going to be really hard for him to win reelection. Okay. So I mean, and that's why I said it, I'm willing to give the guy a chance and see what they do. Like I said, there's a lot of you know at heart I'm a protectionist. You know I want to see us take care of. Our country. I want to see us take care of our jobs. I really don't care about creating jobs in Cambodia or creating jobs in Mexico. I want to create jobs mm-hmm. here. Right. It all depends on. I want to see how they how they plan to go about doing that. But again, as I, I we, we talked about this a lot, little bit earlier, that's not going to happen as long as you've got Americans who will complain about the price of a product that's made in the United States, and then very They've easily. Done that, though. True, but it's it's easier now because now you've got Walmart's full of of foreign made products at you know bargained in prices. Guess what? If and we, everyone, and, and not even just out of out of selfishness, but out of necessity, have to go with those cheaper products. And as long as they're going with those cheaper products and not going with American made products that cost more money because it costs more money to pay the workers. But if they put a VAT tax in or some kind of tariff system. It just raises those, the prices of those things. It doesn't change the price of the, of the American-made products. And ultimately, it just makes things too, too expensive for anyone to buy. I mean, it, could, could that tax even artificially inflate prices across the board? What, it would, what a VAT tax would do uh, would be you know, make it, put, put everything on an even playing field. You but, know, because, yeah, but again, when you're dealing with the economy, much like the media... It, it things can't function on even on no even things are, things at Walmart are cheap because there's you know eight year old kids being paid two cents a day to right. be, to make the stuff right but that tax doesn't affect them they're still going to be getting paid two cents a day correct to make those products correct and they're still going to be shipped here the only person's they're the company's going to have to pay the tax but they're not going to they're just going to put it into the price of the product which is going to raise the price of the product correct but it's still now now instead of saying. Well, I can't really afford the American-made product. I have to go with the cheaper item. Now they're, the, the, the cheaper item is now too expensive. The American product is probably going to have to go that's up, too. That's not necessarily true. Because now because the cost it, of goods are, are be, going no, up. No, that's not necessarily true materials. because it, it creates a, a more competitive market here in the U.S. You know, we can't build, we can't build weapons without China because we get all of the, the components. components from there. Right. So if we aren't, we're no longer getting those parts from China. We're gonna to have to make them here. And if you create a market to where, well, you're making something, you're making, you know, t-shirts, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I see that I can do that a little cheaper. It creates 
a healthier market here in, in this country without the stuff coming from China or Taiwan or wherever it's coming. Okay, I can buy that, but it seems like there's going to be a heavy amount of growing pains to get there to will that be. point. It, 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 there, of course, there's going to because we've had this, you know, free all these free trade agreements for 30 years, killing mm-hmm. you know, killing the the middle class and killing blue collar jobs in this country. Right. I guess the question so, is, is that you've got to start somewhere. You've got to do something. Do you really think that corporations will allow that to happen? You have to. I mean, That's we a have whole to remember, different argument. <laughs> we have to remember that Trump is a corporation. Yes. The very name is a corporation, yeah. and I don't. I don't necessarily see him risking his business interests, even if he is the president. He, I mean, he can't even divert, divest himself from his own business interests. No, he's tried every every loophole to get out of doing so. Yeah, you know. And I was uh, I was at a seminar in Pennsylvania a week or two back, and they had a whole section where they talked about Trump and how he's pro-business and how he's going to be good for, for businesses in this country. But What kind of businesses? Exactly. Or, or how is he going to go about doing that? You know, how is he going to be good for business? If, if his plan for being good for business is cutting all their taxes, how is that good for the country? It's not. It's not. That's counterproductive. All. You might as well have those jobs in Cambodia or Mexico because it's not doing you any good here. Right. Because all that's doing is raising everyone else's taxes in the area. Well, anyone under under certain dollar amount, as like I said, um, the Trump tax plan that I read, and this was granted, this was two months, a month before the election. Um, it seemed to me, as I understood it, it was kind of more of a flat rate. Yeah, fifteen percent. Um, me and people I know are probably more in the eleven and a half to twelve and twelve and a half percent tax bracket. Thereby, we're talking three and a half percent increase in our taxes minimum or maximum up down to about two and a half percent. Well, his will be cut by drastically. What? Well, he does forty-five percent. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> In a perfect world, forty-five yes. percent tax cut for him and his and his ilk. But that being said, if he, I, I I just don't see him doing anything that would hurt his business interests. I can only see him doing things that might help his business interests, and it goes right to what you just said about you might as well not even bother. And I, I don't. I, the Republicans really. I don't think they really want to get rid of NAFTA. No, All those corporations it was their benefit. Idea. Oh, of it, course, it was their idea. You know, George Bush Senior was the one that put NAFTA together. It was signed into office by by Clinton, by Bill Clinton. Right. And I know but he it, did it, it was, as a compromise it, to yeah, other things. But it was negotiated by the Bush administration. So why have they been so vocal against it for so long? It's easy. It's an easy thing to. It's an easy thing to to Attack. bang against. So, but you're you're expecting these people who wanted this, got it, benefit from it every year, you were expecting them to, to do something to change it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Your, our expect, are, are your expectations realistic? I'm and again, ho- to I'm, a Trump, I'm I mean, hoping, that applies to a Trump presidency. I'm hoping well. he can do something. That's I just what, don't. But, but and, he, and, but, he and that's why gets said, nothing it, it, out of it. All he needs. To pass, you know, something to repeal NAFTA or whatever. All he needs, he needs the Democrats' help, and, and that's where the, and that's where they need to find common ground to work with him. Okay, so he needs their help, but I don't, I just don't see him doing anything that will hurt him, his him personally, his business interests personally, at all. I don't see him being this this conservative savior that everyone thinks he is either. I don't see him 
championing championing the the common man to the extent that he would hurt his businesses. Yeah. Even though I think he he makes it sound that way. He's very good at making it sound that way, but uh, he will not do it. So I think, if he's not going to do that, if he's only going to do things that are going to benefit him and his ilk and his tax bracket, then all I can say is I want him to fail. <laughs> I think he knows he has to. He he knows Does he has he to really do something. Does he really care? I I think he knows he has to. If he goes out there, because that was a big part of his campaign, you know, there was the wall on the Mexican border, mm-hmm. and there was getting rid of NAFTA and creating bringing jobs back to the U.S. If he does, if he isn't able, if he's only able to build a wall and not able to do anything else with free I mean, trade, I don't or, think he's going to be able to do either. Well, the wall's already been approved. It was approved back in two thousand six. Yeah, that Bush wall. It, n- but that's not a real wall. <laughs> it's 700 miles of a wall. It's more 700 miles of a fence, but okay. Yes, and that's probably what it'll end up being. But, yeah. you know, they, uh, you know, if he's not able to do anything with jobs or free trade, he's going to have a hard time being reelected, and he knows that. He knows that. Mm-hmm. Just like he knew he needed to do something with the Affordable Care Act, another big part of his platform, and that's why they're going to repeal it. But to replace it, he needs to have he needs the Democrats' help to replace it. He cannot replace it with just Republican votes. I, I think we get a lot more accomplished in this country without Republicans at all. No, but that's I, 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 I think that's the, I think the complete opposite. You've got to have the there's got to be a healthy balance between the two. But there's never been a healthy balance. There were there were there was a healthy balance for up until the the probably the what early seventies. I don't know. The Republicans helped pass. The, the the Voting Rights Act. Out of necessity. And, and they still helped pass it. It still got yeah. passed with their help. Well of course. I mean it did. It, so there there was there was the ability to The Affordable Care Act got passed too. Again, not, not without not, that, not without not with their help. Not with their help. But things get done, regardless of who's who's helping. But had they not had a supermajority, it wouldn't have got done. You know, therefore a good chunk of this country's history, we were able to find common ground work together for the common good of the country mm-hmm. this you know the way the politics are in this country anymore you know over the past probably what 25 years i would say maybe 20 years the the heavy bipartisanship at least in my lifetime i i would think was reagan era it started no, with they, that. i mean but, but even the democrats then were able to work Oh, Reagan. well, of course, of course. Well, I mean, it's been said a, a I would thousand say really, times. I mean, politicians from back in the day would be were, were would have been rolling over in their graves to see how Obama was treated um, by his peers. Or well, those I, who I, should I think be some his. of the presidents back then probably wouldn't had a wouldn't had a problem well, with the way Obama was treated, but <laughs> <laughs> well, arguably so. But you see, but you understand my point. It's a, a sitting commander in chief. Was treated terribly yes. by his peers. Yes, um, that that alone, regardless of his skin color, would never have been tolerated yeah. before. The uh, obstructionist government, the and you know, with the Republican Party, would never have been tolerated back then. That's happened before, not to that extent. Not 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 quite not to, to that, that extent. extent no, but, I mean, they've had we've had I know we've had government shutdowns, we've had government walkout, we've had it we've had it in the past, but it just seemed it seemed. Well, then again, maybe it's a perception too. It's I'm perceiving it as something much bigger because 24-hour news cycle. It's, yeah. it's constantly there. You know what's going on a little bit more readily. But 
Um, I just I I don't see the founding fathers necessarily approving of the behavior of the current political establishment. I think it really started with Clinton's first midterm when Gingrich and all the, those guys came in. There was yeah. this. It became partisanship on steroids, and I think it's only gotten worse. But how do you put the genie back in the bottle? Oh, you can't. I mean, it's the only way it's going to happen is if you get enough people who are just so fed up with it that they create a third party that actually is viable. And that's why I kind of hope I hope that Trump is able to somehow end some of the partisanship that happened. <sighs> I, that's I, going. I, I don't if. If if they're able to work with if the Democrats are able to work with Trump and Trump is able to really to go to Congress to the Republicans in Congress and say look you need to take care you need to vote this way you need to do this which presidents have done before of course yeah I think he can kind of break down some of that partisanship it'll be interesting to see I I just I I know you're not very hopeful I'm not I'm not I'm not optimistic <laughs> at all uh, and I on, tend man. I where's tend your, to be where's I, your hope and change. <laughs> it, it left yesterday <laughs> it, it, it was all gone uh, that term was over not that we got it I mean yeah I mean you have to be realistic about these things you know President Obama I think did a, a fine he job he did an alright job I mean I, he did a fine job considering what he had he probably could have done better there was a lot of stuff I didn't agree with him me on. too I don't agree with his drone drone program I think Guantanamo Bay was should have been closed, yep. regardless of the obstruction he got from the other side. It should have just been closed, period. Um, you evaluate, he could have just evaluated. I mean, there's only, what, 40 people left there now as it is? I don't think, I don't think there's that many. There may not be. I mean, it's a very small number. Those people could have be, could easily be moved to somewhere else. Yep. You know, They don't even have to tell you where they're being moved to. Yep. They're, they're already being held technically illegally. Just move them somewhere else. Well, not illegally because it's in a different country. That's, well, that's... That's why it exists. <laughs> I know. Um, it's still illegal. I don't care if it's in another country. It's still it's still illegal. Um, and you have to. We, we, and that's again, you have to accept these things as part of Obama's legacy as well, because he could have he could have ended that. He could have made sure that not not one person was left there that didn't need to be yeah. there, and he didn't. We didn't agree with everything he no, did. You no, know, we God didn't no. think he was no. a perfect president. No. And I don't like the Affordable Care Act. I never have. No. I've never liked it. I, I'm, I'm dead set on this country deserves a single-payer system. You, you, we, you hear all the, the argument about government doesn't work for the people. The government should and has certain responsibilities. Health care should be one of them. In this day and age, with the number of people that we have and the the – just the overall cost of things. The government, I think, the government has a responsibility more yeah. to for healthcare than anything else, because you cannot you cannot put a price tag on on life, yeah. and that's what that's what life insurance yeah. does. And that's why I've, I felt for a for long time that there. that you know the commons, the things that everyone uses, you know, roads, education system, mm-hmm. the electrical system, water, healthcare, all that should be run by the government. Because that's necessary. Because it should not be run for a profit. Well, right. There should not be a profit motive in, in health care. There should not be a profit motive in people getting clean water. There right. shouldn't be, you know, I'm sure people on Flint will agree with that. Yes. You know, <laughs> the roads, everything. You know, there shouldn't be a profit motive in that. You know, if it's all run by the government and we, the people, don't like how it's being run, well, guess what? You just vote in the people. That are going to fix. That it. are going to fix. Right. It. We have elections every two years. Yes, and that was kind of the whole basis, you know, the whole principle behind 
democratic socialism mm-hmm. was taking those commons and giving them back to the people. Right. And I don't. That's why I don't understand why it shouldn't be there. And it should be. It, it should. Be. That's where I stand. And it should I, be. Um, that being said, as you were saying, you know, we're not. We're realistic. We understand that. I'm realistic. I don't know if you are always, but. Oh well. <laughs> I'm realistic 95% I, I, of the time. I say that tongue-in-cheek. I, I understand. Um, oh, I believe me. I've had my unrealistic moments. Believe me. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit. Um, so, yeah, as far as, as President Obama goes, I don't like everything he's done. The Affordable Care Act, Guantanamo Bay, his drone programs. I'm not even sure if it, if because I don't know all the details, I'm not even sure if his um, getting Osama bin Laden was the right way to do it. Really? I... I I would much rather have him been put on trial because that, that's. I don't think you could. You couldn't take him. I don't think you could take him with the principles and ideas behind him. Right. I don't think you could take him and put him on trial. It would be tough. It would be difficult. But I don't think that uh, I, if I, we're if we if we have to if we want to, especially spread our principles around the world, and and maintain our principles here, we have to adhere to them even for the for the worst of us. He, being the worst of us, still deserved a fair trial. And if we're not willing to give that, even to our worst enemies, yeah. we're kind of hypocritical. That's, no, of that's my point you to know, that. And that, that's kind of my same idea with the whole Guantanamo thing. Right. You know, our principles should be our principles no matter where we are in the world. Right, exactly. And, and that, that was my biggest complaint about the Bush administration. At the same time, they were, we were going through our operation Iraqi freedom, we were passing the Patriot Act and the yeah. Homeland Security and all that. Not necessarily taking away freedoms, but setting the groundwork to eventually potentially take yeah. away our freedoms. So it if we're not willing to adhere to our principles abroad, as you said, then we're really it's it's only a matter of time before before we stop adhering to them here. Yeah. So that was my argument with, yeah, with, I mean, with but you know with Obama, Obama you know, there was at least when he did things, I thought uh, I felt that he had the best interest of the country. Oh, I, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not sure I feel that way. I, I can tell you right now, I have no doubt in my you mind know, he, that I don't think he cares about the best interest of well, the country. I mean, even though I, I, I think that beyond his popularity, you no, know, I, I hope that he succeeds and he's able to do something. I, all in all, there's not going to we're never going to have that that grand leader that just changes everything and it becomes like you know we're never going to have a president who's remembered the way that we remember abraham lincoln again that was probably the extent of it i don't know we um, could fdr maybe would be arguably arguably as close to it as possible well, at I mean, least for the for the democrats because the republicans can't fucking stand fdr even though he saved this country um with his new deal uh but we're never going to have that again well we could I mean, after World War Three, um, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren will come in and have a great presidency. Oh God, and, and, that would be that'd be, and, that'd be nice. Because at least, at least I know she, her intentions. I know she's yeah, she, yeah. whether I agree with all of her policies or not. I, again, like you said with with President Obama, at least we know his intentions yeah, are good. And, and I don't think I, I don't know if I don't know what Trump's intentions are. I don't know. I hope he's got the best interest you know, of the country. I just, man, from everything I've seen over the last 15, 20 years, it doesn't that's, really see, it doesn't really make me feel really hopeful on why, it. But that's you know, why I, I, I try to be I positive. I want him to fail. I don't. I don't want him I to fail. I can't use the word fail. I, I, and I and I hate saying it, but it's the only way I can really articulate it. 
it's and it's not even that I want him to fail. It's just that I know that based on his past, based on his behavior, not even just in the campaign, but for as you said, the next fifteen, twenty years, you you start to see a pattern of behavior that is completely dangerous to the position that he holds. Yeah. And I'd much rather him fail at not accomplishing that than making any small differences that we, if we can get him out in four years, the Democrats or whoever can come in and actually make a difference then. You know, even if, even if he does do some things that, you know, if he, I didn't read that, I guess right after he, the inauguration, they took down the, the climate change website. And today and, they took down the LGBT. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I understand, page. I understand that there's going to be setbacks. But we haven't progressed enough to even setbacks, but, and we might as well never made any progress in the first place. I know that, but I'm hoping that we're able to make enough progress over the next four years that when the next president takes over, they're able to go back there and kind of right the wrongs of this of this presidency. Well, that's what I'm saying. When I want him to fail, that's what I mean. I, I just I don't want him to I don't want him to be reelected. I, I don't want him to I don't want him to like literally set the country on fire. Yeah. It's failing, though that I believe that is a possibility. I, not not to get all you know hyperbolic on this situation, but <laughs> you like doing that. I do like I do like hyperbole a lot. Um, I'm good at it. Not as good as some, but I'm I'm better at it than than most. Yeah, you can't deny that there's that possibility. You say World War Three, we could. I mean, that could happen there, in four it years. It is. You know, it, it doesn't take it doesn't take decades to to start World War Three. No, you know, World War One started overnight, basically. Pretty much over one assassination. Yeah. So I mean, it it can happen. You know, obviously, if if the United States aligns with Russia, which I know it sounds terrible. You know, actually, you know what? It's kind of funny to think about the whole Russia thing. I remember when Obama was having a debate with with Romney, and they asked Romney what the biggest threat was to the United States, and he said Russia. Mm-hmm. And it was a joke. Everyone laughed about it for <laughs> right. weeks, weeks and weeks. It was a punchline. Right. Yeah. And now looking back on it, we're like, well, Romney might have been right. Yeah, you know, well, Romney was was a bad candidate, but he wasn't he wasn't a, tr- a Trump candidate. If if you believe the Russian Trump dossier, you know, this has been a Russian plan in the works for a couple of years now to install Trump as the president. I don't really buy into that a whole lot. There is where did that dossier came from? Seventeen intelligence agencies. But I mean, how, how it, much is? But they've uh, all said none of it's been corroborated. corroborated. I understand that. Okay. But the, the but thing, if they're the, all finding if, if all seventeen agencies have come to that conclusion, regardless of corroboration, it's you know what gives it credence is that Russia has done things like that, before, right? You know, with other foreign leaders and prostitutes and everything else, videotaping and blackmail. Well, shit. They, Their leader is didn't was they part assassinate of the that one guy with with like radiation? Like they were, they dosed him. Yeah, he, they they spiked something with like um, I forgot what kind of compound it was, but it was radioactive and it k- killed him from the inside out. Really? And that was yeah, it was traced back to the to the Russian government, Putin's government at the time because he was it was his first run as president. Yeah. Where do you think we now we go back to to race relations in this country? Do you do you fear a Trump presidency as far as setting that back? No, not so we, much. We did discuss, we kind of mentioned this on the last episode about 
whether or not Trump was a racist. And I think no. we both came to the conclusion we don't think he's necessarily a racist, but he doesn't do anything to dispel racism, and some of the things he says is very attractive to racists. Yeah, I think a lot of... I don't think the, the race relations will necessarily get better over his tenure. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just get kind of swept under the rug. It won't be... So basically, like, the rest of history? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. You know, I, there was... I read an article... Uh, last week, the week before, about uh, it said something of. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, that eighty-eight percent of all African Americans say the country needs to continue making changes for them to have equal rights with equal rights with whites. Mm-hmm. Only fifty-three percent of whites felt the same way. I mean, that's a big gap. That's a well, it's a huge gap. That's a huge gap. It's a huge gap. You know, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about being in your bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't understand you know cultural differences in this country. And I think it's like that because, you know, after the Civil War, they kind of racially herded people into certain parts of towns and neighborhoods and kind of left them alone. Well, the the ghettos, too. Um, And that's a 20th century thing. Yeah. I mean, redlining wasn't wasn't outlawed to, what, the late 70s? You know, know, where they would basically take a red marker and circle towns Mm -hmm. and, and not loan any money into those areas. Right. Which were primarily, you know, minority neighborhoods. Right. And arguably, wasn't, isn't Trump accused of doing some of that himself? Maybe not on that same level. Yeah, I'm not really not, sure. Not on a, a neighborhood level, but it, he definitely was accused of denying I think his uh, father was. leasing to, to African Americans. Was it him or was it his I, father? I thought it was him. I, it, I don't want to say be, I, 100%. I, I, don't, I, I remember know. reading that, but I don't, I don't remember exactly. But that would have also been in the 70s, late 70s, I yeah. think, so... The Civil War ended, what, in 1865? Yeah. So we're talking 150, nearly 152 years since that, that fight was was fought. Mm-hmm. That war is over. It's time to it's time to move on. But. And even throw in the civil rights, because I know, you know Jim Crow, everything else, all that stuff is still, we're talking many, many decades in the past. It's it's kind of time that specifically white white America needs to say you know what this is getting ridiculous this is getting petty the fact that the Ku Klux Klan is still in existence in 2017 yep. is disgusting you know I, I think a lot of that goes to you know there's parts of this country that that don't understand what the Civil War was fought over you know when you talk to people they say oh it's not it wasn't about slavery. It was, it, was, it was about economics. It was about economics. It was about states' rights. It was about all these other things. And but it people, all but it all centered around yes, yes. That. But then that's why you know it's, I think it's hard for a lot of people to kind of move past all that because they believe it was fought for something different, right? And they believe that they're still owed something. And that you know I remember when when I first moved to the South, uh, I worked with a guy that he was from South Alabama, a really nice guy. But he told me we were working one day, and he looks at me and says, hey, you know, had we won that war, we'd be on the front porch drinking, watching them work right now. And there's still that mentality in this country. Right. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so there's still, it's still so, there. It's still ingra- so what it's you're ingrained saying is, is in this that, country. So what you're saying is, is that when you move to the south, you move to the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's parts of Alabama that still have whites-only signs. I, I know there is. I know there is. I, and I just don't see why that's even allowed. I don't. It shouldn't be. It, I mean, you can't. I guess but it's you can't. Gonna take, it's going to take generations, generations and generations to get past that. If you think about it, you're really talking, you know, race, you know, 
it's generations. Really, it, We're talking 152 years. Yeah, but it's really only really started changing in what the last 40 years, 50 years. Uh, well, I mean, if you go back uh, far enough, I guess you could the say 60s. the 60s. The 60s. So we're talking 50 years. But again, we're talking 50 years. If you look at look at how many people were, who were adults and at Selma, who were you know our age and their late 30s, they're dead now. And I'm not. Even, I'm not even talking about the white people who were who were attacking the the protesters. I'm talking about even even the protesters themselves. They're all dead now, or approaching death very quickly. Those men, those ideas, those those terrible ideas, should have gone with them. Yeah. And they just it just it's scary that. And that's another thing that that with Trump that bothers me is that, again, I don't necessarily think he's the racist. But he has done nothing to dispel that, and he's done, and he has said things that feed into some of that racist rhetoric that's brought these people back out of the yeah. shadows. But, it's, it, but it's getting better. How you know, the Klan was at the Klan had a presence at the inauguration yes, yesterday. I know, I know that. I know that. But if you look at each passing generation, you can see that they're more accepting. So there is there is change happening. It's just really slow, really really slow. It just seems unrealistic that that is still exists in this country. You know, but but if you watch the media, oh, I'm sure, oh yeah, the media. Of the course, media I'm going to bash on the media here. Real well, quick. they're um, easy to bash on because they're responsible for a lot of it. You know, too. but you know, you watch things. You know, when they talk about police shootings, mm-hmm. and they, you know, it always goes back to, well, you know, there's a lot of shootings in Chicago, mm-hmm. but what does one have to do with the other? Nothing. They're two separate. They're, Absolutely. Yes, the violence in Chicago is a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's a separate problem than unarmed black men being shot. Shot in the back. Yes. <laughs> or while they're tased on yes, the ground. Yes, exactly. There just seems to be you know, a lot of different things feeding into the negative but issue. But see, that's, and that's, that's kind of, again, to my point with, with Trump. And I understand, you know, the police, most police are, are good. They're not doing that. Well, yeah, and, and without them, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, of course. We owe them a debt, they're, and they are putting their lives in line. But it's those it's those bad ones that are doing this this stuff, and you've got I guess I guess it's too polarized because you got the the one side that want to vilify all police officers, and then you got the other side who just say it's them, it's their yeah. their element. Well, they've led, they've brought us to this point. But it seems to me maybe just because I'm white that I hear it more vocally on the side that says it's it's them, it's the it's the it's the black people. Yeah. They. They've allowed this. They 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 constantly fight the authority. But but if here's, all, but here's if the all thing. your life you're the authorities pushing exactly, you down. Exactly. Of course you're going to fight back. It's a deeper issue. You know the the it's a uh, it's a systemic issue in the police structure mm-hmm. where you know police police officers won't rat on another police officer. Right. You know if if Ian if you're a if you're a great cop and you've been busting your ass on that job and doing everything right for thirty years. And I'm a and, and you're working with me one day, and I go out there and beat the hell out of a black guy because he looked at me the wrong way, and you don't turn me in. Well, guess what? I'm slum. Uh, yeah, guilty by association. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know. So you've got areas in this country that have grown up for generations with issues with police that mm. no one have taken, no one has ever taken care of, and it's just grown and festered and festered, and you didn't have. Cell phones with cameras and, and right. social media, you know, for a majority of the past, you know, couple of decades, that's caught a lot of this stuff going on. You know, it just now in the last couple of years that people have had well, videotapes. I mean, I of, guess. Oh, yeah. Look, you know, you know, here's my neighbor getting beaten up by the cops. Right. 
Well, I've never seen this as a as a as a new new problem. No, if no anything, it's been going on forever. If anything, it's probably even less now than it was, but it's being documented now. Exactly. But to the point, I we have a we have a commander in chief who only sees the one side. Now, yes, we have a president who does not take into account the fact that that a black man is going to get pulled over three to four times more than a white person just for driving. Yeah. And now, and, and, and potentially, all he has to do is get a little lippy, and all of a sudden he's on the ground and being arrested, or, yeah. or worse. You know, it, when, I, when I worked in Nashville, we called it driving while brown, because the police would harass uh, Hispanics there, because there was, I think it was called uh, 287G, I think is what, it, what the mm-hmm. law was, that would allow police officers to pull over people and, ask for, and act as an immigration officer. Oh, and ask okay. to see your, pa- your 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 papers, so they would pull you over for any reason. You know, Nashville has a big Hispanic population, right? Right. So, you know, and I worked a, in an immigration law firm down there, so I I saw, you saw this, this stuff. Yeah, you know that we would get people coming in there for, with really, you know, kind of sketchy ways that they were pulled over, and that's how they end up in immigration court because they said, "Oh, well, I need to see your papers," and they didn't have any, or they would have a you know because there for a couple of years Tennessee would give out driver's license without having without showing citizenship so you know if you were undocumented you get a driver's license but you'd get pulled over and you'd have an expired license they'd run your name and oh you know you're not a citizen you're not a citizen so you end up in immigration court Mm -hmm. so that's where we end up fighting for you yeah but you you know there's other things too like i would see i remember one client that came in when she was i want to say she was a junior in high school when she came to came to our office but when she was i think when she was 12 she had stolen a beer from her parents' refrigerator, taken it to school, and her a couple of her friends were drinking in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, teacher walked in or somebody walked in, caught, caught him. them. Yeah. They end up in jail at twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they, that's on the record for the rest of their life. When when we were in high school twenty years ago, if that happened, well, we went to a predominantly white high school. But, no, it was pretty well. I mean, segreg- I mean, it's pretty, I pretty it, yeah, evenly I mixed. But, it was, it was but I mixed. understand where but, you're going with that. It was, but, yeah, it, it was white and black. There wasn't a huge exactly immigrant so, population. But if that happened in school, would you have gotten arrested? No, 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 no. no you would have no. been suspended from in school. In fact, if I had gotten caught doing that, I would have wanted to have been arrested because yeah. you know how my mother would. Have yeah, been. but you know, <laughs> but what, I'm, what I'm saying though is, you know, there's there's over policing issues, right? You know, there's. There's violence issues, you know, from stemming from the authority. Yes. So, and that's what's kind of been ingrained in these neighborhoods for two hundred years, right? You know, so there is there is a severe mistrust issue. On both sides. On both on both sides, but there's also a fear issue. You know, you've got guys, you know, that grow up in white rural areas that. Man, they want to be a cop their entire life, which is great. I love it. Right. You know, they go into the force. And then they end up a cop in Detroit, and they've never been around a black person before. They've never been in a predominantly black neighborhood, right. and all so they have is the, you know, the perception I, of what exactly. Those neighborhoods and are and like. I think I think a lot of the a lot of these police shootings are not necessarily because of race. I mean, they are, but it's more so about fear of race. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, I've said it a million times. One of the one of the things that that um, a lot of these organizations that are out protesting, rightfully so should be doing is we should be going into the they should be going into the inner cities and the police departments too should be going into the inner cities and talking to the children yeah giving them the idea that maybe they could be police officers if you if 
you Recru- have a if you have a police uh, to say Detroit Police Department is is staffed with Detroit citizens. Well, that's the other thing. I think that you let's say let's say you live in a town that's that's seventy five percent black. Mm-hmm. I think that same percentage needs to be on your police force. Right. Well, I mean, there's a danger of getting into like I mean. Um, affirmative action is 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 and and no, obviously you gotta have you you gotta but, have people that are from the area right. that can relate with the people in the area right. But that doesn't necessarily have to be a color thing, an issue, a race thing. If you're if you if you live in the area that you're policing, that's that, to me that's yeah, the so most important yeah. thing. I don't think that has to be determined by race necessarily. But if you're if say in Detroit, that's going to happen naturally if yes. you're if you're trying to get you know young young kids into the police force not only that but it, it's give, it's giving it's raising the floor yeah for economically speaking you're you're giving you're giving these kids who right now don't have a lot of options mm-hmm. um or even hope and you're giving them a positive uh, not only just the idea that they could be something better but you're giving them the the the, the necessities to do that and then the floor rises you know and not just Boys, you know, and that's just young men, but young women too. But back to Trump, I don't know how. I just don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna help the the race race relations. I, I, it's not I, that I expect him to do anything special about it, but it, it, some of his behavior has gone to the exact opposite. It's it's accomplished the exact opposite. Yeah. If you take that out of the equation, it, nothing changes with him really. But it, the fact is, he has when he when he says. Mexicans are rapists. That's just that's a blatantly racist thing to say. It is okay. Blatantly racist. Never really stepped back from it. Never came back from that uh, or apologized or anything about it. But it sets a standard for people who see all Mexicans uh, Mexican as as drug dealers and rapists. Well, yeah, and be- criminals. Because if you live in a rural area where you right. don't, where you don't, where you don't have interaction with with Hispanics or anyone else. You don't know any better. And that's my point right there. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Where about. where did Trump win politically in rural areas? Well, I mean, predominantly rural yeah. areas. Yes. Well, um, that's where most Republicans win. True. True. But they didn't win in 2012. They did not win in 2008. They won a lot of those places. Yeah, but they just didn't win the election. Is my no. point. No. You know, we we talk about getting people mobilized and getting out to to you know, stand up for what we believe is right against what we may think that Trump may do. The exact opposite has happened in the past where yeah. people were, were rallied together based solely on hatred of other people. Yeah. And so based solely, I believe on the fact that the people that they hate now is in office, you know, president Obama. Yeah. You know, he, he there's no way he would have been treated the way he was. If he no, was white. No, no, no way at all. You know, but I don't know, you know, with, with Trump, you know, I, you look at the last couple of years they've been talking about reforming the criminal justice system. Both sides, Republicans and Democrats. Right. I kind of have a feeling that's all going to die away. You well, know, that might and, be a good and, thing because I have a feeling that Trump would, would want to privatize more so than it's already privatized. Yeah. And the second you privatize prison, you, you, the justice system, you, you might as well just give up because there's no reason to let anyone out <laughs> ever. Yeah. No matter what they did, and there's a lot of reason to put people in for minor shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hell, there's already people in prison for minor shit. A lot of the people yeah. are there, and I mean, and it's predominantly African Americans. Yeah, 
who are in yeah, there but, for drug offenses. We're talking, you're not talking about real drugs. We're talking about weed. Yeah. You know? I mean, they make up, what, 17% of the population? Yeah, and they're, what's what's the percentage of... Uh, 85% the, or something exactly. like that? I mean, it, And it's I would ridiculous. like to see what the number, actual numbers are of people who are in there for minor drug offenses. Oh, it's probably a good, a good chunk of them. Yeah. Just think what could happen if all that... If, um, if all those those and they're men, young men, were let out mm-hmm. with clean slates, yeah. you know, put them put a misdemeanor on their record for drug possession and and let them go and see how many of them vote, you know. Yeah. But you know that because that's where the Voting Rights Act kind of fails, yeah. in my opinion. The second you make it a, a impossible for a felon to to vote, and then you create a felony out of something so minor. That's because there's not a constitutional right to vote in this country. You know, so all you need to do is get locked up and you lose your right to vote. Right. You know, or, you know, you do like Texas and create, you know, some crazy voter ID law. Right. Which, by the way, was one of the first things that the new administration did when they took office. I read something about that. Yeah, they... Because uh, uh, te- So Texas passed the voter ID law, mm-hmm. and it was overturned by an extremely conservative Texas State Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Overturned, they admitted that it was racist. Racist, yeah. That it was put in pay- pay- place... To hurt people of color, so it's kind of gone up through the you know through the appellate, the appellate courts. Yeah. The Trump administration had there's a hearing on Tuesday, I guess coming Tuesday for for the for the administration to basically lay out their defense. Mm-hmm. So they've now so what they did was they came in and they issued a uh, a motion to postpone the, the the next hearing. The next hearing, yeah. Presumably, so they can change their position. And allow the the racist law to, to stay in place stay in, in place. Texas. Yeah. So I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that's you know obviously is going to set this country back is going to hurt people, you know. But I, I still say we got to try to find some kind of common ground. I guess I guess there's possible. I mean there there has to be there has to be common ground on some things, but I just don't see it. I think I mean I mean look at his cabinet. You've got. This uh, secretary of education doesn't like public education. Knows nothing about public education. Well, everyone, every, pretty much everyone in his cabinet has been hostile against the agencies they put. Been they put, put into exactly, exactly, um, or just completely ignorant of them, like Ben Carson. I mean, he got the job because he grew up in the inner city. He's the well. Hey, at least he's lived in a house before. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, if that's the qualification for for a government job, I think. I think I'm qualified. Hey, but you know what? You know, you know to, to look at the opposite side of that, that's what a lot of people like. You know, a lot of people voted for Trump because he wasn't a normal politician. So maybe, you know, maybe they look at it as a good thing that he's not putting necessarily career politicians. Well, they are. They're all career they're, they are, politicians they are, to some degree. They are, to, to some degree. But you don't, but you don't put someone in charge of an organization that they don't even understand. And you, and you definitely don't pick someone who wants to dispose of their own job into a position where they're not going to dispose of their own job while they're in it, but they will fuck it up. And and that the biggest one of that is the EPA. We're in Michigan on January 21st, and it's 60 fucking degrees outside. It, you cannot tell me that there is... Technically, it's 49 right now, but... Well, it was 60 today, <laughs> as, as as it stands. It was, in, it was yes. like 59, okay? So... what. Climate and temperature are not the same thing, though. True. But it's Don't, obvious. Yes. When you've got in, in Antarctica, that glacier is splitting. That's, that's climate. <laughs> it being 60 today is temperature. So but I, I, understand, it, it, I understand what you're going. Yes. I understand where you're going. 
temperature is connected to climate, yes. though they are two separate entities, they are still connected. Yes. Um, and yes, I understand why you're saying that because you got the people who are like, it's snowing, there's no global warming. Yeah. I understand why you're going with that. Well, D- Donald Trump said winters were too cold in New York. He wanted to be. Yeah. Well, there's no, warm. there's, yeah, you don't go from too cold to comfortable. You go yeah. from too cold to my skin is melting off my body. Or you go from too cold to, oh, look, now the crops won't grow and we're all going to starve to death. <laughs> right. So, well, that's just going to happen long before that yeah, anyway because the bees are all dying. So, I mean, we're, we could probably, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, got, I mean you, there's, you, do you have something positive to say, Ian? Um, I tried. I was. I wanted to find five positive things I could say about Donald Trump, and I, I, I really did. I couldn't Come do on. it. Come on. What do you got? Uh, the best I could come up with is that uh, late night comics were going to have uh, a pretty easy go of things for the next four years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, they might not even have to show up for work until like it's showtime. <laughs> Just read the news and it's all good. Um, I, I, and jokingly, I guess that that only extends to the point where Donald Trump's so thin-skinned that I could see him trying to have them arrested for sedition. If they were too critical, well, I, mean, I said tried. I'm being, yeah. I'm being realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, like I said, I, I I hope that they can do something. I hope they can find common ground and work together on something that can really help people. You know, to replace the Affordable Care Act with. I hope they can, you know, bring back some you know good paying blue collar jobs. I, don't know. Oh, I just thought of one other positive thing, um, and it's kind of it's, it's multiple things, but all in one thing. The fact that Trump is president means that Chris Christie, Ben Carson, and Jeb Bush weren't president. <laughs> Although Jeb Bush, Jeb I'm a little Bush. bit, I'm a little yeah, calmer with, but Chris Christie and Ben Carson as president, I mean that's, I mean yeah. that's just in, that's just incompetence for incompetence' sake. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even look at Chris Christie now and not see his face. When he was standing behind Trump that one day. Oh, yeah. And Trump just kept, he was like criticizing New Jersey. <laughs> and he just like a deer in headlights and like shaking his head. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty comical. I, I love that. That was hilarious. I, I want to make that my screensaver. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess we'll wrap it up. You know, I, like I said, I just. Well, anything that we were going to talk about, I mean, we're one day in. Yeah. So, I mean, not much we can say beyond our ideas, our perceptions, our fears. I would say hopes, but I'll leave that to you. Um, <laughs> I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hopeful. I'm not. I'm not so pessimistic that I think you know. I I don't believe he's going to burn it all to the ground before he's done. But yeah. I, I just I see the areas where he's going to make some make things. He's going to regress things, and it's it's scary because it, a lot of people worked very hard to progress to those points, yeah. and we're not where we're supposed to be as it is. No, you know? no. But and beyond that, I mean, we really can't go too much farther into it without just repeating ourselves at this Pretty point. Pretty much. You know, so. um, but there's, we have four years. It'd be a fun. Well, it, we might, have, it, might, it might be a good four years. It might, we have, well, we have two years before the midterms. Yeah. So there, there's some light at the end of the tunnel because I think if, if, if things go kind of the way I think they're going to go, at least the Democrats will, will be able to get control of at least the Senate yeah. and most likely the House. The only thing I can say, I guess, at this point is I was really – I liked what I saw today with the, the marches and everything. Yep. Politics is not a spectator sport. you got to get out yeah, and get, involved, get, get involved, do something. If you don't like the way things are getting run, damn it, get in there and do something about it. Right. Yeah, you know, I agree. Get on your you know local election board. Get into your school boards. Do something. Yeah. And at the very, at the very, very least, 
vote or do a podcast and just well yeah <laughs> this, this no this is this is beyond the least i yeah. think voting is even more important than this yeah because let's face it 46 percent of registered voters did not even show up this that's last true. time yep. uh, and that's that's disgusting that's disgusting numbers especially since you as you pointed out it's not a constitutional right it's something you've got to maintain because it can be taken away from yep. you and i don't know i guess uh that's about it for us yep. on this one I guess uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back in two weeks, probably to talk about something a little lighter. Yeah, uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll leave it by saying that, uh, you know, go on and leave us a review and like the show, follow us. All right, guys. Well, yeah. until next time. Until next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>